Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. It's Wednesday, December 2nd, and I am bringing you uh, another episode of Talking Sports with Evan this week, celebrating a Packer victory of 41-25 to over the Chicago Bears. And a lot of different milestones in this game were met. The Packers' 100th, 100th victory over the Bears in their 201 meeting. 50,000 yards passing career for Aaron Rodgers, 500 career catches, Devontae Adams, 400 career catches for Mercedes Lewis. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that game, what stood out to me, um, uh, key, key moments in the game, and following that, league MVP. Is it a two-person race with Rodgers and Mahomes, or is there another dark horse, horse candidate or two? And is Russell Wilson still in the running for MVP? That'll be another topic. Also, the NFL head coaching hot seat uh, is super warm, and another coach added to it. Uh, uh, Matt Patricia added to it along with uh, Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien, all terminated so far this year with the Possible, well, the very, very strong likelihood that the Jets' job will be opening up and Jacksonville's job will be opening up. So I'm going to talk a little bit about which job do I feel is probably the the best job, and also going to talk about some other um, positions that might be opening up in, um, in at the conclusion of the 2020 season. Besides the Jets and Jacksonville, more than likely, there's some other seats that are warming up as well. So, hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome to uh, shoot me an email. Talking Sports with Evan um, at gmail.com. Talking Sports with Evan at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me at Evan with Sports. At Evan with Sports. You can also. Find me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. Um, just go into the search page and type in Talking Sports with Evan, search for it, and boom, it's going to be right there. So, with that said, without further ado, going to start off the show talking Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, the 201 career meeting between the two teams. And the Packers get the ball first, and the Packers. Like they've done numerous times this year, drive right down the field and score. Missed the extra point, but either but they score six nothing. The Bears' second play of the game for them, David Montgomery gets a 57-yard run, gets tackled shy of the end zone. Thankfully, Bears get forced to settle for a field goal, uh, make it six to three. Packers then score 21 uh, unanswered in the second quarter to make it 21 to three. Bears scored late in the half to make a 21-10 at halftime. Packers come out in the third quarter after the first drive stalls. The second drive, they get a touchdown pass, which was Rob, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, breaking 50,000 career yards. Touchdown pass to tight end Robert uh, Tunyon. And the Packers end their scoring with a touchdown run uh, by Jamal Williams to make it 41 um 10 at that time. The Bears did score 15 points in the fourth quarter and garbage time to make it 41 to 25. 
So Rodgers finished the game a very efficient 21 of 29 for 211 yards passing, four touchdowns, quarterback rating of 132.3, and a QBR of 96.8. Aaron Jones, 17 carries, 90 yards, uh, long of 16. And here's what about Aaron Jones that really stood out to me. So Aaron Jones missed um, a couple games with a calf injury. I think it was the Vikings and Jacksonville. Is that right? No, it wasn't Jacksonville. It was the Vikings and uh, who they played right before Minnesota. Um, I think Houston. So, yeah, Houston and Jacksonville. So, I mean, Houston and Minnesota. He came back for San Francisco, played against Jacksonville, and then played uh, against Chicago this week. So, Jones' first couple games back, to me, it seemed like he was lacking some explosion. Um, he was a little slow to the hole. He was a little slow finding the hole. But when you run a zone scheme, it's all based on timing. So missing a couple weeks is going to make it difficult, I, you know, I think, for him to get right back into the swing of things. But against Chicago, against Chicago, there was a lot of things that I liked. He seemed to be extremely explosive finding the hole, and he's been back three games. I forgot about the Indianapolis loss last week. Who could forget about that? Um, I even talked about it last week. But anyways, the explosiveness was there. The quickness to the hole was there. The vision was back. And he seemed to have that burst to get to the second level. And I know a lot of that was helped by the strong player, the offensive line, which I'll get to in a minute. But it was nice seeing that quickness and burst and vision back. He got that timing back down with the offensive line, which, like I said, was lacking the past couple weeks. But now it's back. Jamal Williams, 17 carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he did a great job of keeping some drives alive, wearing out the Bears' defense, uh, ran hard. And in this game, I, I'm fine with splitting the carries 50-50 with uh, Jones and Williams. Because you get a big lead, you're not going to use Jones as much in the second half. You're going to want to use your backup running back, which is Williams. So fine, I'm fine with that. What I do don't, what I do dislike with Williams is when the Packers decide to run uh, toss plays, things like that with Jamal Williams. I like him up the middle. He's you know good at finding the hole, fighting through the hole, exploding through the hole. But when you're looking at trying to get him out on the perimeter, running left, running running uh, right, running uh, horizontally instead of vertically, he struggles. It's not his forte. And they tried it again this week with trying to run some sweeps with him, and it didn't work. He didn't get very many yards for the second week in a row. It didn't work against Indy. It didn't work in Chicago. And, Chica and Chicago's a team, too, that you don't really want to go – East to West, because linebacker like Rokon uh, Smith, very good at chasing plays down, which the Packers, other than a couple um, toss plays with the running backs, mostly stuck in between the tackles, which I'm going to get to as well in a moment. They did do some end-arounds, obviously, with, uh, I should say, an end-around with Ecumenia St. Brown, which he got seven yards. He would have got more yards if he, you know, would have had a little bit better vision on the play. But as he's getting re-acclimated to the, you know, the offense and playing on a football field after 
missing some time earlier this year with injury and having to fight his way back and you know into the uh, rotation at receiver missed last season with injury might take him a minute to get back to being uh, quick finding the hole you know finding the right hole having better vision we'll see Matt LaFleur quite happy with him talking about if he continues down the path that he's on right now his reps his snaps his targets are likely going to increase which is great to see I'm a big EQ fan and I want to see him continue to do well so the Packers end the game 39 carries for 182 yards total Rodgers had two carries for 12 yards yeah, so like I said, Rodgers, two carries for uh, seven yards and moved the chains with his feet as well. Two carries for 12 yards and moved the chains with his feet. Um, receiving Robert Tanyan, uh, Tanyan, five catches for 67 yards and the 39-yard touchdown uh, on five targets. Devontae Adams had uh, six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. He did have an uncharacteristic drop, which didn't count because... It was a free play, but Rodgers could have hit Adams for a huge um, touchdown, but he underthrew it quite a bit, and it hung up there in the air, and the ball got broken up. Ecumenia St. Brown, 2 for 39, long of 24 on two targets. Again, the first catch he had, he could have got more yards, but did a little bit too much dancing around, but he did get the first down, which was important. Alan Lazard, as he comes back from his core injury, four catches for 23 yards, a touchdown, and on six targets. Mercedes Lewis, two catches on for 16 yards on four targets. Jay Sternberger, one catch for five yards, and Jones had one catch for zero yards on two targets. So Rodgers spread the ball out pretty good. Uh, Tanyan was the hot hand. Adams had some nice catches. Uh, and then I mentioned Say Brown, who also had a 24-yard um, catch and run in that game as well. One guy you noticed did not have a catch, um, MVS, which he did suffer an Achilles injury uh, in practice on Thursday, I want to say. So I'm not surprised that he didn't uh, play that much in the game. Well, I shouldn't say play that much in the game. He didn't get as many targets in the game as he's accustomed to. He definitely was busting his you-know-what blocking. Preston Smith, uh, been you know, he... Uh, <laughs> Nowhere to be found for several weeks, but he had three tackles, two solo, a sack, a tackle for loss, a, uh, two quarterback hits. He recovered a fumble and uh, took it in for a touchdown. So it was great seeing him back. Um, uh, is it is Darius Smith, three quarterback hits on, and two tackles and a uh, solo tackle and a sack. And uh, uh, Roshan Gary continuing to uh, do well. He actually got the start this week, but he's continuing to do well, getting pressure on the uh, on the quarterback. He's uh, one of their leading uh, pr uh, getters when it comes to pressures. So that's great to see, and we want to continue to see him build off of that. Some thumbs down on defense. Christian Kirksey did not have the, the strongest game. Um, did have a pass defense, but he didn't have the strongest game. Drew a pass interference that led to a touchdown, which... The Bears might have settled for a field goal, but the touchdown gets them the automatic first down, ball at the two-yard line, and then touchdown. So it was a bad throw, too, by uh, by Trubisky, which typical Trubisky, but made contact when maybe he didn't have to. 
And I guess, you know, positive note too, and I'm a, can't I'm surprised I almost forgot to say this, but uh Darno Savage. Two interceptions. One, it's like he ran the route more he ran the route better than uh the bear receiver, um Darnell Mooney. It's like he ran the route better than Mooney. He made a great catch, Sullivan, uh Chandler Sullivan on Mooney's hip the entire route. And uh Savage makes a catch. And then another ill advised deep throw by Trubitsky, uh, Savage uses speed to catch up to it and pick it out of the air for uh, the other turnovers. So the Packers had two interceptions, forced to fumble, and scored 21 points off their turnovers, which was huge. Because if you remember earlier in the year, the Packers had, were struggling to force turnovers. I think at one point they had four on the year. They had a couple last week in Indianapolis. They had three more this week against the Bears. Hopefully that keeps building and building as we go. Couple, couple issues that I saw again pop up on film. Um, I mentioned Montgomery's big run, um, and I think it was the second play of the game for the Bears, 57-yard run. It was people out of position again. So for some reason, uh, Keeks, uh, Kirksley was covering C gap on the play side, and Martin, which I thought was covering play side B gap initially, but after rewatching it, I was wrong. Martin, for some reason, playing backside B-gap with two other guys pretty much right next to him. So if you're having your linebacker playing C-gap out there, you probably want to move your other linebacker or one of the other two people next to the other linebacker into B-gap on what ended up being play side. Instead, they don't. Snap the ball, and Trubisky kind of fakes an action to the right, even though there's no back over there. Gives it to Montgomery. He hits the hole, and he's got nothing but daylight ahead of him until he got chased down. Little things add up to big things. Bears' offensive line isn't very good. Trubisky got hit a lot, but <laughs> you, 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 you can't allow a team that barely runs the ball for any positive yardage to get you know, a 57-yard run. Now, they did settle down a little bit after that big run. Um, because outside of that 57 yards, uh, Montgomery had 11 carries for 103 yards, which take away that big gain, he had 46 yards on 10 carries. So instead of a 9.4 average, you'd have a 4.6 average if you take that 57 yarder away. Better up front, but not as good as they could have been. So, and, and I mentioned about Aaron Jones and the running game and what the Packers did. And um, Akeem Nix. Uh, Hicks, I'm sorry, Akeem Hicks uh, didn't play, hamstring injury, and the Packers took advantage of it. They ran mostly between the tackles. They ran right at Treathon uh, and uh, and Roquan Smith. They ran right at them rather than giving them a chance to try to chase plays down from behind. If they're going east and west, they mostly ran right up the middle, and that was huge. That was the perfect offense to run against Chicago. You don't have the big playmaking nose tackle. Let's run it up that middle. And the Packers got quite a bit of yards running up the middle. The offensive line played great once again. They lost Corey Lindsley again to a knee, uh, this time with a knee injury early in the game. And uh, Jenkins once again moves over from left guard to center. Runyon gets put at right guard. I mean left guard. And the offensive line doesn't miss a beat. 
later in the game, they had to kick Billy Wynn and uh, Billy Turner inside and put uh, Rick Wagner back at tackle due to Lucas Patrick leaving an injury. And again, they didn't miss a beat. Rodgers did not get sacked once, did not get taken down, I don't believe. And I think the Bears had one pressure. So this was a good game to have after losing to the Colts last week in overtime, a game where the Packers pretty much controlled the game, but unfortunately turned the ball over four times, once in overtime, and had a hard time in the third quarter getting the Colts off the field. Take those things out of the Packers, they they played the better game. Unfortunately, they, they, they were sloppy with the football. So it's a good bounce-back game. And that's going to segue me into Packers on Sunday, playing the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles that have a chance at 3-7-1 for the NFC East title, which is kind of surprising. Now, the Eagles, to me, are very tough to figure out. They, they really are. So you, you look at, and I know the Eagles' offensive line is bad. They, they just are. They're bad. Carson Wentz has been sacked a lot. Um, he's been sacked. Let me pull that up. I just had it in front of me and I moved my screen. He's been sacked um, 46 times. And we're on week 13. He's been sacked 36 times. Eh, that, that's got to be not good. Um, that's partially probably why he's uh, struggling so much. Had a lot of injuries early on at receiver, which they're starting to get healthy now, but it might be too little too late. Running game by Miles Sanders is struggling with the fact the offensive line isn't very good. Defensively, the Eagles can give the Packers some trouble, especially if Fletcher Cox plays. Um, Derek Barnett is great at getting pressure on the quarterback and getting sacks. Malik Jackson's a good defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox is an animal in the middle to try to block. Um, he's the one that makes the middle of the defense, uh, operate and Brandon Graham linebacker wise. They have, uh, TJ Edwards is a name, uh, uh, Packer fans might remember from time in Wisconsin, former pa- uh, Badger linebacker. They also have, uh, Duke Riley and Alex Singleton and defensively Avante Maddox, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills and Darius Slay is their starting uh, corners and safeties. Darius Slay is a name that you remember. Um, he played for the Detroit Lions for many years. Um, Devontae Adams also uh, made him look bad numerous times um, during his time with Detroit. Um, so when I look at this game, I don't see, as long as the Packers continue to protect Aaron Rodgers, because you're playing another physical front, 4-3 base, the defensive line is aggressive and physical, and they can get pressure on the quarterback. If you protect Aaron Rodgers and you give running lanes to the to the, uh, to the backs, you got a chance to be very successful. The Eagles average uh, given up 4.1 yards per carry, 128 yards rushing per game. So they're not that great up front. They are physical, but they're not that great. Quarterbacks average a uh, quarterbacks have thrown for 14 touchdowns to three interceptions on the Eagles this year. Uh, completion percentage is averaging 66.6%. Rodgers 68% uh, on the year. 
So that's the uh, Rogers should be able to move the ball pretty well on on the Eagles through the air. I don't see the Eagles having an answer for the Packers offense defensively. Um, they did the Packers just signed Trayvon Austin, so it gives the Packers another speed uh, speedster, another weapon to use um, attacking the perimeter. They've missed it with uh, with uh, Tyler Irvin. Uh, Missing the last couple games uh, with injury. And Austin gives him that uh, ability to uh, attack the perimeter on these end arounds and jet sweeps that they like to do. The Eagles can get a little too aggressive at times and bite down play fakes. And that's going to be huge for for Green Bay. And Carson Wentz doesn't protect the football. He's fumbled the ball 10 times this year and he's thrown 15 interceptions. So... That's something to keep an eye on. Receiving-wise, the, the top receiver for the Eagles this year has been Travis Bogoham. He's got 33 catches for 467 on the year. Um, Eagles have given up 239 catches for 2,300 yards, but they only average 9.7 yards per reception. Um, they average 10.4 yards per reception. Packers should be fine moving the ball through the air, and with Kevin King and... Alexander and um, Chandler Sullivan, they should be fine. The X factor is going to be Dallas Cordaire, 30 catches for 338 and three touchdowns. He's a big, big weapon in the middle, 6'5", 256. In week one, had eight catches for 101. He's been up and down since, but against Seattle this past Monday night, he had seven catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Career, this is third year in the league. Again, to me, he's an ascending player. Had 58 catches for 607 last year and five touchdowns. This year, he's at 30 of 338 and three touchdowns. So he's kind of the big guy that could give the Packers some problems in the Eagles passing game because the Packers have struggled defending the middle of the field in the past. We'll see what happens. And yeah, some breaking NBA news. The Rockets agree to trade Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall in a first-round pick. So that's definitely an interesting move. So, But we're not talking NBA today. Um, so as I mentioned, I don't think the Packers are have that hard of a time moving the football. They, they should be able to move the ball. I expect Devontae Adams to have a big game. I, su- I expect Aaron Jones to have a big game. And I expect Aaron Rodgers with three touchdowns will break 400 um, career passing touchdowns, and I expect him to do it. So I expect another Packer victory. It should be an easy win, but to me, it's hard to call wins easy in the NFL, regardless of who you're playing. But I think the Packers will win. I really do. So, you know, with that said, I do want to, you know, take a quick pause here to encourage you, if you're looking for a platform to... Um, change your lifestyle, eat healthier, work out more. Maybe you're worried about doing that because a lot of gyms are closed due to COVID. A lot of gyms have restrictions due to COVID. Or maybe you're just not comfortable going out to the gym due to COVID. Well, you can you you have platforms that you can do things at home. You know, Beachbody On Demand is a digital platform that has thousands of hours of different workout programs you can do 
programs like Insanity from Sean T, P90X from Tony Horton. Um, if you like to dance, they have Size from Sean T, um, 21 Day Fix, uh, some new programs coming out as well. Running programs that can help you start running if you want to run. All the programs have a great meal uh, nutrition plan along with them that you're eating the proper portions of the different nutrients you should eat during the day. Carbs, proteins, vegetables, fruits, um, fats, and things like that. And, uh, and it goes along with the program. So if you're following the program, the eating plan correctly and you're doing the workouts, you're likely going to have success trying to lose weight. Um, or if, and as well, like I said, eat healthier. And if you are interested in learning more, all you got to do is shoot me an email, coachevan66 at gmail.com, or you can email me at talkingsportswithevan.com. Either one, you're going to get to me, and I can get you some help signing up for it and also be a, a coach for you along the way, an encourager, a motivator, a somebody that's going to, I guess, piss off Nebraska and clap for you um, to cheer you on. So. So just give it some thought. Um, perfect time to get started is now. You know, we're about, you know, December 2nd, the end of the year is almost here. Start getting into those habits now. Start uh, getting the habits of grabbing uh, a few carrots out of the fridge instead of the salsa for some chips or some carrots and hummus or some celery. Get in the habit of doing that. Now, I'm not saying don't eat chips and salsa. I, I love chips and salsa. I still eat chips and salsa. But I do it within, you know, with fits within my 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 eating plan that I want to follow. So coach Evan66 at gmail.com. I also strongly encourage you, I don't mention them as much anymore as I used to, but if you're in Racine and you are interested as well, check out Flex Fitness Center. They're on Rapids Drive. Um you can check them out. Um, both, you know, they're 2400 Rapids Drive. Um, you can give them a call, 262-633-3539. Um, 262-633-3539. Give them a call. Talk to them. You're interested in, uh, you know, figuring out, learning more on, um, learn about more about memberships. December has some great uh, options going. You get three free training sessions with a purchase of a three-month membership. But you got to act now. Um, that's through December 15th. They got apparel on sale, and it's a it's a great atmosphere. It's you know great people that work there. This the the clientele that go there are great. I you know when I do weights, I'm not doing weights right now. When I do weights, um, and I need more weights than what I have in my possession, that is where I go. So check it out, Flex Gym, thirty three or twenty four hundred Rapids Drive in Racine, right across the street from Horlick High School. Um, or you can give them a call at 262-633-3539. So just some options out there for you. And I'm here regardless of what option you pick. I'm here to be an encourager. I'm here to be a supporter. I'm here to give you a kick in the butt when you need one. So, so moving on, I did mention that I was going to talk some MVP. I was going to talk some uh, coaching hot seat and I am, I'm going to do that now. Um, the 
few weeks back, you know, I talked about this a few weeks back about MVP possibilities. And there was Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I added Delvin Cook to that list. Um, I thought he deserved some consideration. So we're a few weeks from that episode now. And now the question is, is Russell Wilson, Delvin Cook, are they still, do they still deserve consideration for MVP? Where, and is it now just a two-man race? And if it's not, who is another guy that's sneaking up on there? And Derrick Henry is a name that's been thrown out a lot. As different sites you read, I asked a question on Facebook, on Twitter. These are some options that I got. And he's he's at, he's rushed for 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, and he's definitely the Titans MVP. As Derrick Henry goes, that offense goes. And he's a guy that tends to play better in December. So he's at 1,200 yards right now. And with, what, about uh, four or five games left to play? They're on week 13 now. He's a guy that tends to get better as the season wears on. Defenses get tired. Quicker defenses are tired from playing all year. He tends to take advantage of that, so he could seriously challenge 2,000 yards rushing. And I think if you challenge that number, you deserve consideration for MVP. I really do. Um, but to me, right now, it's a two-man race: Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. To, to me, it's a two-man race. And uh, no disrespect to Russell Wilson. He has dropped off quite a bit these past few weeks. Um, his numbers aren't as good as they were. But no disrespect to Russell Wilson. No disrespect to any of the other guys. Kyle Allen I've seen thrown in there. Kyler Murray. No disrespect to them. But I just think Rodgers and Mahomes are playing at a different level right now. I think it's those two. I think there's a big gap, and then I think you got Derrick Henry. But like I said, if Derrick Henry flirts with 2,000 yards, I think you seriously consider voting for him for MVP. But you you, you look at, now the question is, I say it's a two-man race between Rodgers and Mahomes. Who is the MVP? They're one and two in most categories in the in the league. They're either one or two. Rodgers is one in a few, he's two in others. Mahomes is one in a few, he's two in others for the most part. Um, to me, and maybe I'm being a homer here, okay? But to me, I need to give the slight nod to Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of that has to do with just the weapons Rodgers is playing with. Devontae Adams has missed time this year. Aaron Jones has missed time this year. Alan Lazard has missed time this year. His three top targets, they've all missed time this year. But Rodgers has not missed a beat. He is in a whole nother, like a whole nother planet right now when it comes to running Matt LaFleur's offense. Mahomes has Tyreek Hill, uh, the cheetah. He is probably one of the fastest players in the NFL. Uh, Kelsey, top tight end in the NFL. He's got... Hardman, Robinson, Watkins, Edwards, Hilary. Not, you know, Robert Tanyan, I think, is a really fine player, but he's not anywhere near to, uh, Travis Kelsey right now. Um, MVS has been some, done some good things, done some bad things, but overall, he's not uh, Ty Tyreek Hill. Um, 
yes, you know, Rodgers is a better receiver than anybody that Mahomes is throwing the ball to. But again, Rodgers has had success without Adams, without Jones, without Lazard. He's still had success. And to me, that is why I tip the hat to Aaron Rodgers. Both are very deserving players. Both deserve consideration. Both deserve votes. Both It's going to be between now and the end of the year, unless one of them has a couple very a bad performance or two, and Rod, the defenses Rodgers is going up against between now and the end of the year, to be honest, are not very good. But between now and the end of the year, these two quarterbacks should put up ridiculous numbers over the next month of the year. And it's going to make things extremely difficult for the votes. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a have a, a vote the be one of the closest we've ever had or even tied. And the last time I remember co-MVPs, and uh, I, I remember Rodgers and Barry Sanders being co-MVPs. And I can't remember if there's been anybody more recently. Um... Yeah, I, I can't remember if it's happened any more recently, but the last co-Manning uh, and Mc, uh, McNair um, in 2004 uh, were co-MVPs as well. So Favre and Barry Sanders, Peyton Manning, Steve McNair. As long as far as I remember, now there might be some before I was alive, but as far as I remember, it's rare to have co-MVPs. And I think with Mahomes and Rodgers, we might, potentially see co-MVPs because both of them big time deserve the MVP and it's going to be hard to pick one so I guess why not give it to both so moving on before I finish the coaching seats in the NFL are getting warm for a number of teams for three teams it's already changed um, and I asked this question on my Facebook page talking sports with Evan um, out of Right now, the Texans, Falcons, and Lions are the only jobs open, officially. The Jets and Jaguars are likely going to be open between now and the end of the year. So I asked the question just for those jobs only, because the rest of the jobs are a crapshoot if they're going to be open or not. Which one is the best job out of all of them? And a couple people answered. Uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, Jets or Jags. Um, Jets reasons, likely Trevor Lawrence plus 80 plus million in cap space. And Jaguars have a lot of cap, uh, a lot of cap room with some nice pieces. And they're going to have their pick of quarterback, uh, whoever J the Jets don't take at number one quarterback wise, which likely will be Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville has their pick of the next best option. So, and then Mason would take the Houston Texans because of, um, Deshaun Watson, and that's true. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback that's been playing at an extremely high level these past several weeks. But the issue you run into in Houston, you're going to have a, a lack of cap space. You traded away the top receiver and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Will, Will Fuller, who's likely going to be a free, he's a free agent at the end of the year, likely leaving. He's now suspended six games. You just let go of Kenny Stills. So the pieces around Watson might take a hit. And do you have the cap space and the draft ability, the, uh, the draft picks, to restock that roster? I don't know if Houston does. It's going to be a tough job for them. 
Atlanta, you, same kind of issue with Jacks with uh, Houston. You have a lot of cap money uh, tied into uh, a lot of cap money tied into Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah, they're they're they played. Uh, Julio Jones is a great receiver when he's healthy now because he seems to be injured hamstring every other week now. Matt Ryan has an MVP, but he's not played at a high level. And to be honest, he looked good against the Raiders. But when they played um, against the Saints, he looked old and washed up. So you never really know what you're going to get with Matt Ryan. And you don't have really any money to maneuver around to try to improve. The Lions? I don't know. So you look at a team like Detroit, you look at a team like the Jets, you look at a team like Jacksonville, they need basically wholesale changes from the top on down. From general manager, which the Jaguars and Lions fire their GM, football operations people, they need to gut everything. The owners need to decide... And this goes for the other teams too, but mostly the Lions, the Jets, and Jacksonville. Um, the Falcons aren't too far removed from being good, and the Texans were playoff teams uh, a few times in a row. But those three teams in particular need to strip every. They need to gut everything in the coaches, in the coaching ranks, in the scouting ranks, in the front office positions. Just get clean house of everything, and decide. What do you want to be? How do you want to build a football team? What they've been doing over the past many, many years, you know, Jacksonville's had success here and there. The Lions made the playoffs twice under um, Caldwell. Jack, the Jets, they've been awful since uh, um, uh, Rex Ryan left. They were pretty awful when he left. They've been awful since. You got to figure out what do you want to be. Do you want to be a power running team? Do you want to be a a, uh, a a fast paced team? You gotta and you gotta decide that from the top. Who do you want to be your GM? And let the GM decide who they want to coach their team. And let the coach decide which coaches they want on their team. And the coach and GM work together to build the team. There's like no culture. In, in Detroit, in Jacksonville, in New York. There's, it's like they're stuck in the mud. And how do you get out of the mud? You know, look back with Green Bay. Back in the early 90s, Bob Harlan comes in, decides he doesn't like how they're doing things. He got named president, decides he doesn't like how, how they're doing things. It hasn't been working since... Lombardi left, brings in Ron Wolf, tells Ron Wolf, you have complete say in all football operations. You do what you do in the football operations, okay? You do what you do. Ron Wolf comes in, uh, fires Lenny and Fani, uh, you know, hires Mike Holmgren to be their head coach, former offense coordinator in San Francisco, trades for Brett Favre. And the rest, as they see, is history. And he brought guys like Reggie White in, Sean Jones in, um, Sterling Sharp leads. Fine, they were able to replenish those. And basically, other than a few years here and there, 
the Packers have been a dominant franchise, playoff-bound franchise, winning divisions, winning MVPs, winning two Super Bowls and three appearances from the time Bob Harlan took over till now with Mark Murphy as president of football operations. They built the, Bob Harlan brought the culture in that he wanted, and it was a winning tradition. And to be honest, and yes, I would like some more Super Bowls, the winning tradition has stayed in Green Bay with Favre, with Rodgers. And I know when you have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it's easier. But the, the teams that are hiring new football minds, new coaches, new general manager, figure out what you want to be. And every move, every decision you make from there, that has to influence your moves. You want to be draft and develop. Well, stop throwing ridiculous amounts of money at every freaking free agent to become available. Focus on the draft. Focus on building a strong offensive line, a strong defensive line. If you draft Trevor Lawrence or or uh, Fields or whoever for quarterback, make sure you have him protected. You don't need to ha- what happened to Joe Burrow, who be even before the knee injury got hit a lot. You want to make sure you're protecting your quarterback. Remember David Carr in Houston. They draft who they thought was their franchise quarterback. And then they struggled to protect him. The offensive line was horrible. He got sacked a lot. He got shell-shocked. And the rest, as they say, is history with Matt Ryan. Not Matt Ryan. I'm sorry, David Carr. I don't know why I said Matt Ryan. Anyways. So make sure you get the pieces around your quarterback if you draft one that's going to protect your quarterback and get him the weapons that he needs. So... Other coaching jobs, other guys on the hot seat. I mentioned the uh, Jets with Adam Gase, um, the 0-11 Jets. I mentioned Jacksonville. They've lost. uh, They won in week one. They've lost every week since. But other teams on the coaching uh, hot seats, Vic Fangio, according to CBS Sports. Um, Vic Fangio got put in a tough spot in week 12 with having to play a wide receiver or quarterback. but. What kind of control does he have in the building? It happened because none of his quarterbacks followed proper COVID protocols. One tested positive. The rest were around him without mask in quarterback room in the building. So all of them couldn't play. And they got stuck playing a wide receiver. Not to, not to mention that they are uh, 11-16 and 16 since he took over. 4-7 and seven on the season this year. John Elway is... Probably losing patience. The people above Elway is probably losing patience on Elway. They're going to have to make a decision. Um, They haven't gone too much. Matt Nagy of the Bears. That's another duo. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, um, and Mitch Trubisky. So trio. Probably best just to uh, kick all three of them out. Hire a new GM. Hire a new coach, get a new quarterback in, because what you're doing is not working. You're once again wasting a very solid defense, which has been hurt by injuries of re- of late. But you're wasting a very solid defense once again, and you're also wasting pieces like Allen Robinson once again because of poor quarterback play and wait for it, bad offensive line play. 
The Bears struggle to draft linemen. They struggle to draft quarterbacks. They struggle to sign offensive linemen. They struggle to sign quarterbacks. Hasn't worked with Ryan Pace. They got to get somebody in there that's going to make it work. Um, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. The Chargers put up great numbers. They put up great numbers. They score a lot of points. They they have uh, uh, Justin Herbert, who's been a, a great uh, find in the draft. He fell in, later in the, to, in the top 10 after uh, Tua and Burrow. And he's putting up better numbers than both of them. Now Burrow's out now, but putting up better numbers than both of them. But yet they, they lose a lot. Yeah, they have injuries. Three and eight on the year. They lose a lot. Derwin James is out. Mike Pouncey's out. Alec Eckler's been out. So, yeah, they've missed a lot of guys due to injury this year. But the thing is, it's also how they lose. They can't close out games. They they, they, they play strong. They play tight. They, they keep games close. But they can't get over the hump. And they lose at the end. You gotta be if you and it's decisions that he uh, but that Lynn makes sometimes too that really make you scratch your head and say what are you doing? Like what are you doing? So he might be on the hot seat. So out of the positions I mentioned hot seats on, I think out of those the Chargers intrigue me the most. Based off you have Justin Herbert in place already, you got a pretty solid offensive line in place. And when everybody's healthy, you got a pretty solid team there. So I would say the Chargers are probably out of the hot seat teams, my top my uh, top picks. So now who 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 should teams consider for head coaching jobs? Well, you're you're going to obviously see the usual names of uh, of Josh McDaniel's name thrown out there, um, but. I think Eric Bieniemy um, deserves a head coaching job, and I think he's probably has the job in Houston unless he completely bombs the interview. I think he's got the job in Houston if he wants it. Um, Joe Bradley, young up-and-coming offensive coordinator in Carolina, who the offense has been efficient with injuries of Christian McCaffrey. Um from the college ranks, you've got Matt Campbell, um, Iowa State. I don't know if he would quite make the jump yet, but that's an option. You can always give Todd Bowles uh, another shot as a head coach. He didn't do well as the, with the Jets, but his defenses in Tampa Bay are back to dominating, and maybe they'll give him another shot because you always have recycled parts in the NFL. Pete Carmichael, Saints offensive coordinator, maybe with Drew Brees likely – getting out of town after this year. Maybe he decides to get out of town, too, and gets a head coaching job. Brian Dauble, offensive coordinator for the Bills. Anytime you have a, a young quarterback, a la Jared, uh, um, Kyle Allen, playing at extremely high level, or Josh Allen, I mean, uh, Josh Allen playing at extremely um, high level, just like the offensive coordinator for the Ravens last year, you're going to get a lot of uh, intrigue. Because, you know, they're running an offense that other teams want to run. The NFL is becoming every day more and more of a, a wide-open offense, wide-open passing attack, a lot of shotgun, a lot of spread formations. He's had success with Josh Allen. So maybe he'll give Josh, you know, maybe 
He'll give him a job as long as Buffalo continues to do well. Uh, defense coordinator for the Colts, Matt Eberis. Um, he's done a great job in, uh, in Indianapolis. One of the good things that came out of Josh McDaniels out of that debacle. Um, Leslie Fraser is getting potential consideration again with the work he's done with Buffalo's defense. Nathaniel Hackett's name has been thrown out there a few times. Um, Don Martindale, defensive coordinator of the Ravens, gets thrown out a lot as potential options. I already mentioned Josh McDaniels uh, as an option. Jack Del Rio, if you want to recycle too. Uh, Greg Roman. Uh, Maybe his uh, his stock has dropped a little bit with the offense in Baltimore, Baltimore struggling as of late, um, especially in the passing game with uh, Lamar Jackson. And Robert Sala, San Francisco defensive coordinator, he's a guy that uh, is doing a great job in San Francisco's, San Francisco's defense with a number of injuries. They're continuing to be a strong unit. Arthur Smith, Titans offensive coordinator, He's a guy that uh, they've had a per very productive offense under Ryan Tannehill, of all people. Um, and I think that deserves consideration right there. So, a lot of interesting names out there. I think there probably might be a surprise team out there, too. Um, and when I say surprise team, I'm talking like, you know, a surprise coach. I mean, I'm talking like... Uh, Jim Hardball in, in Michigan. Maybe he decides to leave the Michigan Wolverines, and maybe somebody decides Joe, uh, Jim Hardball they want to give another chance to, possibly. I don't know. So, with that said, I want to thank you all for listening, spending your time listening to Talking Sports with Evan. Appreciate the support. Make sure whatever platform you're listening to this show on, make sure you rate. Um, iTunes especially, make sure you rate my podcast, make sure you share it with your friends, share it with your family, said, hey, there's this dude that talks sports that sometimes sounds like he knows what he's talking about, you should uh, give him a chance, give him an opportunity, spread the word, I do this because I have a passion for talking sports, I love talking sports, this gives me a platform, spread the word, and uh, with that said, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully when I get back at you next week, I'm talking about another Packer victory. And I'm probably going to talk some Tom Brady and what is going wrong in Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay. With that said, thank you. Uh, find me on Twitter at Evan with Sports, or you can email me talkingsportswithevan at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody.